Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Glendale Road Church of Christ podcast. You're welcome to join us anytime you're around. We are at 1101 Glendale Road in Murray, Kentucky. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., followed by our Bible study at 10 a.m., and we come back every Sunday evening for a bonus worship hour at 6 p.m. Also, every midweek on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have a Bible study. You'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. That scripture wasn't bad. You might as well mark it. I believe that'll be the scripture for next Sunday morning. This morning, uh, I will uh, give you a little background. Uh, A couple times ago, I preached. I went a little over about the sermon time and the class time. So the elders felt like it was best that when I preach, no rocks, no slides, no notice. That way we might have Sunday school. This morning, uh, Stephen's mother, I believe, was uh, found out she had positive with COVID. And so he's out as a precaution. And I will take this time next uh, 30, 40 minutes to go to fill in for him. But first of all, can we join each other for a word of prayer? Father in heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful day. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with this assembly. I'm prayerful, Heavenly Father, that anything that is said this morning uh, will do no harm to your service. I am prayerful, Father, for Stephen's mom and her well-being. Prayerful for Stephen, Stephanie, and Cole, and have have no effects uh, with their contact. Heavenly Father, most of all, I pray that with this service you will be pleased. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to go to, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave you with one scripture this morning to turn to. I'll have a uh, couple more scriptures that are in concurrence. But if you would turn to Matthew 22, verses 33 through 40. Matthew 22, I'll be reading 33, I'm sorry, 34 through 40. I do appreciate, Scott, the reading, pretty close, uh, without any change in notice. I appreciate that very much, but if you can keep that reading in mind, it could very well uh, apply to what we're going to talk about today. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now I'll be turning to Mark 12. You may turn there or uh, you can choose to stay where you're at. Mark 12, and I will be reading from 28 through 31. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord with your God. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, 
all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And then one more reading. We will turn to Mark 12, and I'm sorry, Luke 10. And I'll read 25 through 28. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is, your, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. This morning, I would like to maybe introduce a concept that uh, is not often used, uh, as a matter of fact, often criticized, uh, especially within our young people, or when we see a trait that parents or even friends and neighbors uh, feel that appear in an individual, and that is loving oneself. The idea sometimes is foreign to us. Uh, we have uh, referred to it as being rather egotistical. Uh, but I truly believe in reading uh, the passages and referring to, as we just read, that it is a point in case that it is biblical. A biblical concept would be that we care about oneself. That it is a situation that in our lives we have traits that we love about ourselves. If I were to poll at some point in time individuals, what do you think about yourself? I, not much. I, I don't do much. Uh, I should do more. Uh, I have a temper. Uh, I'm impatient. And you go down a whole list of, of instances that you find negative about yourself. Uh, get rid of those right now. Because that very attitude would go against everything we've just read. How can I treat you well? How can I love you as Christ commanded, love others as you love yourself? So let's get in a good frame of mind this morning. Let's think about, okay, see how I can apply this. Jesus didn't start with love neighbor as yourself by accident. The reason, if you only had one commandment, if, God, if Christ could only have told you one thing, I can't tell you everything about being patient with one another. I can't tell you about how to treat one another. I'm not going to go into detail what you do, this, this, and this. I tell you what let's do. Let's start with something you already know and build on that. This comes natural. You were born, and I were born, with certain tendencies and certain wants and certain desires that we don't have to be taught. We showed a baby this morning. Guess what? Very long, that baby wanted to eat. That baby had every expectation that someone was going to take care of her. 
It wasn't very long that baby wanted to be held. As a matter of fact, just about immediately. There were expectations from that child that did need to be taught. It was something I need and has every right to want. Now, let me ask you a few questions. And these are traits that come common, I believe, to mankind. We all want to be happy. Now, we can say all we want to, and the Bible never promises happiness, and that may or may not be completely true. But we have a longing to be happy. I want you to be happy in this church. I want you to be happy as a Christian. I want you to be happy as a family member because write this in your book. I'm big on that, aren't I, David? Write this in your book. And I see you writing. Write this in your book. If you're not happy in a given situation, there's every temptation for you to remove yourself from that situation. Well, I'm just not happy at church. Guess what there's a tendency to be? You leave the church. I can preach to you all along. That's not a requirement for you to be faithful. I can tell you a hundred different scriptures that tell you your happiness has nothing to do with your Christianity. I don't think I'll go there, and that's another sermon that I might do during Sunday school while y'all are still here. Uh, We want to have and live with satisfaction in our lives. We want food for ourselves. We want a place to live, we want homes. We want protection against others, we want to feel safe. We want pleasant activities to fill our lives. How many of you, if I say you have, you had a good day? Some yes, some no, tonight. Uh, I assume Tyler will be preaching. I'm gonna ask Tyler if he wouldn't ask everybody, have you had a good day? Well, hopefully, you have. And hopefully we're prayerful for others. I know uh, David Bain, Daryl's brother, did not have a good day yesterday. Had nothing to do with his, what would be in external circumstances that he can control. Surgery last Tuesday and it went well. However, still pain involved. So there are instances that we're going to say, if I asked Daryl yesterday, did your brother have a good day? Not such a good day yesterday. But by and large, we're healthy enough to be here, and we desire a good day. We want friends. Some need more than others, but most of us are born to want companionship. Nothing wrong with that. And we want our lives to count in some way. At the end of life, a lot of things may go through our mind. But one might be of which, what have I accomplished? What have I meant to others? Have I made a difference in an individual life or others? And I pray that would be the greatest satisfaction that we would have as we leave this world, if we are conscious to do so, have I made a difference in the lives of others? And I would look out here today and I would look around the auditorium and I would say most everyone here could answer that affirmatively. Whether you know it or not, I believe there will be a positive impact for most everyone in this assembly this morning. And by the way, individuals that will listen to us by way of radio. And I want to establish 
To be hungry is not evil. To want warmth and shelter is not evil. To want to be healthy is not evil. To want to be liked by others is not evil. And to want your life to count is not evil. So when you think about what some would think about selfish motives, think again. Them in and of itself are not wrong. Well, I live in a nice house. Great. I'm healthy. I, I feel guilty because so, so many are not. No? Great. You know, I've been well blessed with a job. I've been well blessed. And others have not. Have you been blessed? Great. So all of these things in and of themselves are blessings from God. Amen? Amen. Let's try that one more time. We're not big on this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell Stephen I got a loud one. Now, here is our admonition from the scriptures that were just read. The greatest commandment, we'll love our Heavenly Father. And if we love our Heavenly Father, hopefully our next desire would be to please Him. And then our next point would be, how do I please Him? And then our next would be, let's look at one of the greatest commandments other than the first, love your neighbor as yourself. Now we got it. But Gary, what about the rest of the New Testament? What about all of the other commandments? You know, I've learned something. If you'll take care of this one, it covers a lot of the others. Notice that? If you'll take care of this one, it will cover most all. Do you think this was an accident by Jesus to say, hey, take care of these two? And I won't have to spend the next two years explaining to you detail, detail, detail. The reason I have to do that is because you haven't taken care of the two. So a question mark. If you love your neighbor as yourself, if your neighbor is hungry, what would be your inclination? If you're hungry, you eat. If your neighbor's hungry, you wouldn't want he or she to do what? To be able to eat. Now, neighbor as yourself, I, I do not interpret as members of the church in particular and so There are some that would believe that our benevolent help should be neighbor or members of the church, and there is an emphasis for members of the church, but I truly believe that God would give us the uh, inclination or the... Uh, I guess command to say, all men, what if they're hungry? What if your neighbor's hungry? Love them as yourself? Then our attention would be, let's feed them. You like nice clothes? You like warm clothes? I dare say, 
if you want clothes, if you like warm clothes, how about our neighbor? Hmm. Love as yourself. Like a comfortable place to live? Don't want to be out in the cold. What would you want for your neighbor? The same? I hope. It's cold outside. It's going to be a beautiful day today, but not before last, it was cold. How many of us would want to have been outside? How many of us would want to have been around Walmart walking just for a warm place to stay? How many of us would have opportunity to make, make, maybe make a difference? As you seek friends for yourself, so be a friend to a neighbor. You know, here's the problem. I've got a nice circle of friends. I really do. I've got a wonderful family. I really do. I had an hour's notice to preach this morning. Tara and Lindley and Kendall made it for service. They live four hours away. Quite an effort. Actually, they were already here. But I have a wonderful family and friends. The question is, do I need another one? That's not really the question. Does that other one need me? Does that other one need me? Gary, love him as you do yourself. Does he look lonely? Is she lonely? Can you fix it? Kind of a more important question. Do we want to fix it? As you would, those men would do to you, do so to them. How about the expectation from others? I want you to help me in every one of these if I am in need. There's not one here that I'd want you to sacrifice. And I may not need all of these. I might not need clothing. I might not need, I might not need. I tell you what you do, this morning when I walk out, you might want to say to me, Gary, that was a tolerable lesson. The encouragement might be really good. Say to an elder, he was better about time than he was the last time. Anything. Do you need encouragement this morning? I dare say that most of us do from time to time. Do others as you would want done to you. Now here is a key. You know, Paul persecuted or Saul persecuted the church. And there, there is a, a statement that he made in the same relevance to others that were non-believers. And he understood where they were coming from. 
and he was zealous in his persecution. What he did, he did zealously. He was aggressive. And I dare say that one of the reasons that Paul was chosen, or Saul was chosen, to do and to probably become one of the most prominent writers in our New Testament is because he was going to be just as aggressive, just as zealous in doing good as he was doing wrong. So the question is not, do I believe that these things should be done? The idea could be, Gary, how aggressive are you doing them? As a church, how aggressive are we at doing them? As individuals, as home, how aggressive. If someone knocks on my door today, someone knocks on the door, we're home, we're having lunch, and that person knocks on the door and said, you don't know me, And I don't want to be a bother. But I'm hungry. That's your house. What do we do? I do not see one home or household here they would not say, tell you what, we can fix that. Buy groceries? Don't need to. Got a full table. Foreign? <laughs> Julie, you remember that. I love your smile. You remember that the next time somebody comes in the restaurant. And it may be me. You see... It may not need that we need to wait till someone searches us out. Could we be as aggressive as individuals and as a church that we would be pleasing unto God even to the point of that we would search others out to meet their needs, to make just a little bit of difference in their life. Just a question, no great monumental, uh, spiritual, deep lesson presentation to you this morning, but I think a re reasonable expectation or question that, that would be healthy for us to ask yourselves and for me to ask myself, love your neighbor as yourself. And this morning, there is an opportunity there. There's a couple of opportunities. One, as we established earlier, first of all, we're to love God. And hopefully someone along the way has felt an obligation or desire to aggressively teach you the gospel. It could be from the pulpit, it could be from a Bible class. It could be from a neighbor. Lots of reasons that I was able to come. It wasn't in this building. 
and respond to the gospel. It was not necessarily the pulpit minister. It was not necessarily. There were several Bible school teachers, and then there was Ruth Blackwood. How many ever remember Ruth? Lived two door down, two doors down from us. Came down and took twin boys of all the choices in this world. That was a neighbor, actually, physically. So it could be or be that you've been taught and you know exactly what you need to do this morning. And then again, the second opportunity is to come forward if you are in need of prayers from this congregation. And it could be from a health standpoint. I want you to do me a favor. Pray for David today. I'm telling you, I talked to Daryl last night. Oh, I can't imagine the pain that that young man is in right now. I visited with Mitchell and Michael Guerin on Thursday or Friday. Pray for Mitchell and Michael. Wonder what kind of needs they have. Jackie, he was here several times. Let me tell you about that man's heart. <laughs> I don't know, as far as loving others as himself and is trying to do as much good as he could under the circumstances that he lived in, I'm not sure it wouldn't do good for me to emulate that. Let me tell you what I've learned from Jackie. Uh, many things. You fight the fight, some days you win, some days you lose, and you get up tomorrow and you keep fighting. That's it. You'll win some today, you'll lose some today, and tomorrow you start all over and try to win more than you lose. Anything that I've said today, some of these things we will win at today, some we will lose at. We get up tomorrow, we start all over again, see if we can win more than we lose. If we can help you in any way, form, or fashion, we're going to have an invitation song, and we'll be glad to do anything that we can to help you this morning.